Hello, and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast. Episode 51. This is Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas, and today I will be dipping my toe into the world of actor, writer, playwright, author, Eric Bogosian. Eric Bogosian fascinates me. Most people know Eric Bogosian from this line in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Who's Casey fucking Ryback? In 1988, Bogosian teamed up with director Oliver Stone to adapt a stage play written by Bogosian. The film was talk radio. The story follows Barry Champlain, a Jewish radio shock jock in Dallas, Texas, whose radio program has many fans, but also has many enemies. Barry Champlain, played by Bogosian, gets various death threats from white supremacists who don't take too kindly to this abrasive, loud-mouthed Jew fella flapping his gums on their radios. The inciting incident in the story is when Barry gets his regional radio program picked up by a large corporation to take the show to a national audience. Barry is conflicted about this, feeling like he may be selling out, worried that going corporate will open the door to corporate meddling. Corporate meddling that may soften his edge that got him to the success he enjoys now. The story is loosely based on Alan Berg, a Jewish radio shock jock who was murdered by a white supremacist faction called The Order in 1984. Oliver Stone films appeared suddenly in my youth. The right type of movies at the right time that piqued my curiosity into adult subjects like war, government, music, drugs, violence. Subjects that I still puzzle over today just like Oliver Stone's films. Talk radio slipped past me, though. The film nestled between Oliver Stone's Wall Street and Born on the Fourth of July. And it's no mystery to me why I didn't tune into talk radio for the longest time. By 1988, I was still plowing through the films of 1987. And as a bored five-year-old... When other kids were outside playing sports, I was obsessively rewatching Predator, The Lost Boys, Harry and the Hendersons, Creep Show 2, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, Inner Space, The Princess Bride, and Robocop, of course, Robocop. Not to mention all the cartoons. TV shows and sniffing Sharpies mom would bring home from work. It's no wonder a movie about a paranoid narcissist radio shock jock that was adapted from a stage play didn't grab my attention as a child. Talk radio never really had a chance. But I didn't jump onto the Oliver Stone train until 1991 with the Oliver Stone film, The Doors. 
about the band The Doors. <laughs> my stepsister got me into The Doors, my older stepsister, and I don't talk to my stepsister anymore. I didn't even invite her to my wedding. But by the time I saw The Doors, I saw Platoon and I saw JFK. JFK is worth revisiting now, given, you know, all the most recent developments about, you know, the CIA murdering President Kennedy and all. (laughs) But I do recommend talk radio. It's a good example of violence is not the answer to speech you don't like. Just change the channel. The truth shall set you free now for a trashy murder mystery early 80s Bogosian was pretty sweet in 1984 he starred in the Larry Cohen film special effects along with a regular in Larry Cohen films an actor named Brad Wren who him and Bogosian were both uh had uncredited parts as supermarket clerks in another more well-known Larry Cohen film, The Stuff. Wren also co-starred in the Susan Settlement film, Smithereens, that I covered in detail on episode 45 of Skeleton Factory, titled Kill Your Parents, Fuck Your Friends, and Have a Nice Day. Bad Girl Movies. Special effects also stars Zoe Lund, who is better known as Thana from Miss 45, the Abel Ferrara film. In special effects, Bogosian plays Christopher Neville, a young hotshot director who is out of work after being fired from a big Hollywood film he went over budget on. After attempting to film himself having sex with Zoe Lund's character, Andrea, he strangles her to death in a fit of rage. All captured on film. Her husband, Keith, played by Brad Wren, is suspect number one by the police after her body was dumped on Coney Island by Neville. Now... Neville could have just let Keith go down for the murder, but instead he comes to Keith's rescue by hiring a high-priced lawyer to get him out of police custody. Neville convinces Keith, he's doing this while he's in jail, by the way. Neville convinces Keith to work with him on a movie about Andrea's life and death. The alternative is he can rot in jail forever. So Keefe agrees. After this, Keefe meets a doppelganger for Andrea named Elaine, also played by Zoe Lund, and convinces her to play Andrea in the movie about his dead wife. While this is going on, Neville gets his snuff film developed on the hush and ends up strangling the developer guy to death. Eventually Neville talks Keith 
into playing himself in the movie, but Keith suspects Neville is a scumbag and discovers the snuff film of Neville killing his wife, but accidentally destroys it. So the only evidence is gone now. Neville wanted to make a movie where he could weave the snuff film footage into this movie that he wants to make. But since he can't do that now, because the footage got destroyed, he decides to reenact the footage with Elaine, which is perfect because Elaine is like a perfect double for Andrea. So, Keith ultimately ends up stopping Neville and saves Elaine, and Neville gets electrocuted to death, which has been done a million times in movies. Uh, mostly thrillers and horror films. Um, it's actually quite staggering if you really think about the amount of times people are electrocuted to death in a movie. It's laughable. So Keith and Elaine, after all this, they run off back to Oklahoma. I think it's Oklahoma where uh, Keith and Andrea were originally from, where, by the way, Andrea and Keith have a young son together. Now, this kid's like, dad's new girlfriend looks exactly like my mom that I don't know is dead yet. Uh, so happy ending. <laughs> the end. And um, that's basically the... That's basically special effects. Um, like I said before, I really like... Um, I like this movie. I like its sleaziness. I like the bones of the story. I wouldn't mind seeing it fleshed out in long form as like a miniseries. Maybe even written by Eric Bogosian. That would, that would be kind of cool. I did find the insertion of the Elaine character into the story as this perfect duplicate to Andrea a, a bit convenient, but the ideas that uh, they but the idea is that every character becomes corrupted, and once one character is tainted, it spreads to another. Quickly, like a virus. So Andrea, she abandons Keith and her child to go pose nude for money. Um, Neville is shunned from a promising career as a director to go, you know, film himself having sex with women without their knowledge. Keith doesn't go back home to his son to bury his wife. Instead, he becomes corrupted by, corrupted by Neville to join him in exploiting his wife's death to rescue Neville's rocky career and to cover up the fact that he committed a murder. Keith recruits Elaine to play Andrea in this film and Elaine wasn't even an actress. The character of Elaine wasn't even an actress. She was 
this like upper middle class uh, chick who uh, volunteered much of her time to charities and helping other people. But she ends up ditching all of that to get naked on camera to play a woman who just died like the other day. Like, like her, her murder case is still going on right now. Okay. Even the character of uh, Detective Lieutenant Philip Delroy, he's the cop heading up the investigation of the murder of Andrea, and is even he is easily seduced by the smokescreen of Neville. Neville gets him a job on the movie as a consultant. Like a law enforcement consultant. And which is total dereliction of duty as a police officer. Neville's mastery of keeping his enemies close is almost spooky. Uh, special effects feels like an episode of Miami Vice. This could have been an episode. This this movie could have been great as a miniseries, as like a like eight part miniseries. Like make it eight hours long. Or Make it a, <laughs> make it like six to eight hours long, or um, it would have been really good as just like a a regular episode of Miami Vice. Eric Bogosian actually had a bit part in a Miami Vice episode called Milk Run, and he had a tiny part in a as a berserk hobo. In the Tales from the Dark Side episode, The Tear Collector. And that episode could have actually used a lot more Bogosian, actually. He's only in it for like, you know, 20 seconds or something. But but these two roles were followed by his uncredited part in The Stuff. And all these roles were in 1985, along with the... Twilight Zone episode uh, called, uh, was titled The Healer, where he had an opportunity to really act and showcase his acting chops. The Twilight Zone was an anthology TV show, so The Healer is like 22 minutes long. And just for shits and giggles, this is after The Twilight Zone, right? So he did all these like bit parts and then eventually did The Twilight Zone where the whole episode is about him. And then I think the year after, in 1986, Bogosian dabbled in the voice acting realm in an episode of Reading Rainbow as the voice of an animated character called Conan the Librarian. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, Adam, Conan the Librarian was a bit from the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF from 1989. Are you saying the makers of UHF stole a very specific idea from Reading Rainbow a whole three years after the fact? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And Bogosian is in the center of this ominous conspiracy. But let's jump back to another film adaptation from the Bogosian stage play Suburbia from 1996. 
um, directed by Richard Linkletter, filmed right here in Austin, Texas. And this isn't the suburbia Penelope Spheres punk rocker movie suburbia. This is a completely different suburbia. And, you know, the suburbia, it feels like a, like a Richard Linkletter film. But with, with the nihilism of that Bogosian nihilism is, is all over the place in that movie. The tragedy. It's not like Dazed and Confused where you feel it's an optimistic coming of age story. Suburbia is like if the Wooderson character from Dazed and Confused, the Matthew McConaughey character... It'd be like if Wooderson had a bunch of illegitimate children that all grew up to be 20-something-year-old losers. <laughs> That's what suburbia feels like. Which, I don't know, the suburbia kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Not because I think it's a bad movie, but because like that, that generation was my generation. You know, like everyone in the movie was you know, a little older than I was. They were probably, you know, a few, a few years older than I was, but still uh, like all the characters in suburbia, like feel like everybody I grew up with in the mid to late nineties, just that whole era of like, like the world's fucked and I don't give a fuck, man. I just want to hang out and party. And I mean, it's just the era of like, I'm talking you know, hanging out, snorting meth off of acid bath CD cases and orchard parties. You know, people blasting Sublime and the insane clown posing out of their cars into the night in a, in a, you know, in a, <laughs> by a levee, you know, bonfires, alcohol poisoning, huffing dust off, the whole thing. That's 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 what that's what my whole teenage experience was like, and and suburbia kind of feels like that a little bit. But I like this movie. I consider it more of a teen drama, even though everyone in the movie is portraying sort of early twenties people. But they're all sort of like, you know, fucking like do nothing loser, fucking, you know boring suburban fucking dickheads. <laughs> but um but for my money, I'd rather watch something like River's Edge or even Clerks or Kids. And the movie feels like a play, which is not a bad thing. Um I mean it was based on a play, right? So but Bogosian is like a brilliant um, monologuist, if that's even a word. And suburbia feels like a play, and so does talk radio, for that matter. But it works, because he's great at crafting relatable yet flawed characters who are like in, in conflict with themselves as much as they are in conflict with the world. His 1991 one-man show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, which was directed by John McNaughton, 
who in the same year directed The Borrower, which I um, I cover The Borrower, starring Radon Chong, on a Patreon episode of Skeleton Factory. Um, I did that around Halloween time. And that episode's called October Means Spooky Movies. So if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory, you can go ahead and listen to that episode. It's up there right now. And uh, John McNaughton, of course, the director of 1986's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which I highly recommend. All of you little weirdos out there who are still... uh, you, you like true crime, which is that's a that is a modern day term. Okay, back in these days, back back when I was in suburbia age, uh, uh, those days were it was just serial killer shit. There was no true crime. That wasn't a term. It was just you were into serial killers and you know morbid shit but it wasn't cool to be into morbid shit so you know like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer (laughs) but if you're into like serial killer shit and you want to kind of like go back in time a little bit and watch some like good serial killer films um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is one I, I highly recommend so Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is, um, it's like a one-man play. It's written and performed by Eric Bogosian, and he flies through, um, I believe it's 10 character monologues that are tragic, um, disturbing, funny, but seem like real people. The characters seem like... Um, familiar. There's one character he does that touches on the premise of smoking and how it takes years off your life. Jimmy, they tell you cigars take three years off of your life. What three years? What three years? 86 to 89? Who needs them? Give me the cigars. (laughs) This premise is suspiciously similar to the Dennis Leary comedy special that was done one year later from sex, drugs and rock and roll. The Dennis Leary special, no cure for cancer. And that sounds like this. Yeah, we tried to be nice to you, not smokers, but you just fucking badger us. You know, you won't leave us alone. You got all your little speeches you're always giving to it, too. Your little facts that you dig out of a newspaper or a pamphlet, and you store that little nugget in your little fucking head, and you see us light up and you spew them out at us, don't you? I love these little facts. These little facts. Well, you're not smoking. Takes ten years after you left. Well, it's the ten worst years, isn't it, folks? It's the ones at the end. It's the wheelchair adult diaper kid into Alice's fucking years. You can have those years. We don't want them, all right? And I won't get into the parallels to the comic stylings of Bill Hicks that Dennis Leary just coincidentally stumbled upon. Adam, are you suggesting that Dennis Leary stole material from Bill Hicks and Eric Bogosian? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, 
Like when you're, I don't know, 13, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer is really funny. And there's some funny stuff in there for sure. But I don't know, as as an elderly man that I am now, just the whole delivery of Dennis Leary, it's just like, it's like watching a recovering meth addict doing stand-up. <laughs> and not necessarily in a good way, but yeah. But at the time, I had no idea that, you know, all this clever shit Dennis Leary was coming up with uh, heavily plagiarized. So, Dennis Leary, you have disappointed the young Adam um anyways <laughs> but besides uh sex drug and uh drugs and rock and roll um you can go to Eric Bogosian's website 100monologues.com and uh 100 monologues is also a book so if you like reading um, you can, you know, get the book, but, uh, hundred monologues.com is interesting. And here's, I'm going to read the description of what the website is to you right now. Okay. This site is devoted to monologues written by Eric Bogosian featured in theatrical productions between 1980 and 2006. Eric Bogosian originally performed these monologues as segments of off-Broadway solos directed by Joe Bonney. Joe Bonney is actually uh, Eric Bogosian's wife in real life, too. Um, in 2013, he asked friends if they would each take on a monologue to video. A new monologue from the collection 100 Monologues published by Theater Communications Group will be, will be posted weekly. So it's interesting. You go to the website and it just has like, it'll just have one big page with all these actors on it doing all these monologues. And who's on there that you would recognize? Um, Ethan Hawke does one. Um, Sam Rockwell does a monologue. Um who, oh my god. Like who's the guy who's playing the new Toxic Avenger? The little person. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a fucking brain fart. Uh yeah, so and a lot a lot of these monologues are very I don't know. dark, uh satirical. Um Ooh, Michael Shannon, he he has a great one on there. Sort of a lot of people talking about drug use and being tortured by society and, you know, people who have betrayed them. <laughs> like, it's not people talking about flowers and sunshine and picnics on the beach or anything like that. But it's, I mean, there's there's probably like five, six hours worth of material on that website. And it's all free. And it's really interesting. Um, that's at 100monologues.com. 
And, it, and if you haven't seen the movie Uncut Gems, which you, you should, you should see Uncut Gems, the Safdie Brothers film. Eric Bogosian is also in that as well. Um, he plays uh, Arno. Isn't that his name in it? It's not Arlo. It's Arno, I think. But he plays this kind of like pseudo-mafioso uh, guy that's Adam Sandler's brother-in-law, I think. And he owes money to Arno. And uh, Adam Sandler's like a degenerate gambler in the movie. And um, Arno's kind of always like trying to chase down Adam Sandler to get the money that he's owed sort of thing. And, you know, um, go see Uncut Gems. It's fucking great. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who just can't watch uh, Safety Brothers movies. There's always like, oh, it's this fucking it's way too anxiety inducing and shit like that. And those movies make me nervous and uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe you, maybe you need to be made, be made uncomfortable. <laughs> fucking Safety Brothers, like those guys are fucking amazing. Um, I covered uh, Good Time on an episode of Skeleton Factory. Uh, which number I. I don't remember what number episode that was, but if you look through the archives, you can you'll find it. Um, good time, I, you. I'm like you want to be crawling the walls with anxiety. Go watch Good Time. That's a fucking great movie. But yeah, that's um, that's pretty much all I wanted to touch on on this episode. I, you know, Eric Bogosian has a huge fucking body of work so whatever you're into or if you're into stage plays if you're into reading novels if you're into movies television shows like the dude's done everything and um, let's see he was I haven't I haven't seen the show uh, Succession but I hear it's really good and I've actually watched a a few clips from it uh, specifically Eric Bogosian uh, clips he plays almost like this um he plays like a politician. He plays like a, a sort of a Bernie Sanders type uh, guy on the show. And it's like, dude, he's great. He's great in everything he fucking does. Um, even Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, this episode I was going to talk about um, a bunch of other stuff too. But I just didn't feel like, it just felt disconnected. Like I didn't want to just talk about fucking Eric Bogosian for, you know, most of the episode and then just tack on some other stuff. Um, but anyways, this is probably going to be the last Skeleton Factory episode for 2022. It's, um, yeah, it's been an interesting year. A lot of episodes. And if you've made it through the entire year and you've been keeping up with the show, I thank you very much. And if you haven't been to Patreon, I have to stress again. Um, if you go to Patreon and become a patron, it will uh, it, it'll greatly help the show. But um, as of right now, as of this recording, I have Patreon only episodes at patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory but 
every episode I post, I leave it just for patrons for one week. And then I just make the episodes for free. So if you go there now, yeah, everything on there right now you can just listen to for free. And a lot of the episodes I have, uh, I'm joined by the lovely ladies of the All My Demons podcast. Uh, check out their podcast too, All My Demons. I'm, um, I'm usually lurking in the background of their, <laughs> I'm their producer or engineer or whatever the technical term is. I, I, I push the, the record button and I uh, edit their show. That's pretty much the extent of what I do for their show. And I just chime in, <laughs> but they're funny. They're funny. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely show. Uh, they're on a bunch of episodes of uh, Skeleton Factory, uh, Patreon that is, and then there's a bunch that's just me. Um, let me see. Let me go through some of the episodes. Let's see if any of this uh, tickles your fancy. Um, let's see. I do an episode about um, movies and documentaries about the Australian gangster Mark Chopper Reed. Um, let me see. He He's basically the Australian version of... Uh, Bronson, have you seen the Tom Hardy movie Bronson? He's a kind of a Bronson type. He's kind of a crazy dude who spent most of his life in prison and he started writing books and then got famous from writing books. And then at some point, somebody ended up making movies about them. And um, yeah, I find uh, Chopper Reed fascinating character. Um, I'm reading reading some of his books now that he written, wrote from prison and uh, it's dark shit, but he's very charming and has a way with words and he has a way with sort of painting the picture of his, uh, his crazy life, you know, and it's not all blood and guts. Like it's, you know, it's, it's charming. It's charming. Like a, you know, like a Guy Ritchie movie where everyone is sort of a criminal scoundrel, but um, yeah, that's. I did an episode on that. I did an episode on um, Black Phone and the the movie uh, Watcher, not the uh, show The Watcher, but it's just a movie called Watcher, which I do recommend. It's one of the better horror films of 2022. Um, I do an episode on. Jordan Peele's Nope. I do an episode reviewing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I did a um, I did a one year anniversary episode on Patreon. I did a, a review of um, Barbarian, which everyone seems to gush about Barbarian, and uh, I I like the the first I don't know forty five minutes hour ish of barbarian and then everything else I'm just like whatever <laughs> I do an episode on that um I do uh let's see there's an October 
Halloween episode where I talk about the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series. I talk about uh, The Borrower. And, uh, you know, I give a list of, like, you know, Halloween movies to watch during October. Or any time, really. Mm, there's an episode I do on Terrifier 2. Uh, I did one on the movie Pearl, which is the sequel to the Ty West film X. Did a holiday episode this month about a Norwegian Christmas horror film called uh, Christmas Cruelty. So if you're into fucked up movies, like if you are, if you like Terrifier, uh, especially part one, or if you like human centipede two <laughs> you'd probably like christmas cruelty um and then the what was it the last episode i did uh, just uh, not too long ago was i reviewed a shot on video uh trilogy of films by this director hugh gallagher and it's three films about uh female serial killers and sort of a murder mystery movies. Um, three films. One, let's see, one's called Gorgasm. <laughs> uh, one called Gorotica and one called Gore Whore. And I discuss the three films and then I tell you which ones I like from, um, from best to worst. <laughs> But yeah, all that's on uh, patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory. It's all free. And if you want to go there and become a patron and support the show, that would I'd greatly appreciate it. And, um, you know, it would, it would help me, uh, get more episodes out. And also you'd be able to contact me and give me your suggestions for episodes, movies you'd like to hear me talk about. Um, you can also go to Instagram at skeleton underscore factory and you can reach out to me there as well. I'm also on Twitter at SF podcast, a T X. But other than that, guys, I'm going to get out of here, but yeah, go see, uh, go watch talk radio, go see special effects, go see suburbia, Go see Uncut Gems. Um, go, go see Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Yeah. Um, this concludes my Eric Bogosian retrospective. <laughs> this, I don't even know if anyone cares about this. this is, that's, what, that's the thing. When I was putting this show together, I was like, like I already talk about fairly obscure shit. But the idea is, like, I, I talk about obscure shit that I think people might like. They just don't know about it yet. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm like, who? I don't know who's really interested in Eric Bogosian. <laughs> uh, apparently I am, and so is the Safdie brothers. <laughs> but, I don't know, he's a good actor. He's got a, he's got a really good presence. He's got a commanding voice. But uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one here on Skeleton Factory, rescuing your movie night. One movie at a time. I am Adam, and uh, bye-bye. <laughs>